0: The Green Solution now has 18 locations in Colorado, and it is the place in Colorado to get marijuana, edibles, concentrates, or anything else, THC or CBD. You can download their app or go to MyGreenSolution.com and use code DNVR20 for 20% Off your purchase. They have great prices and great quality, and they get you out extremely quickly with their express checkout. You can order ahead and just come in for pickup. They have the ton of locations, so there's one on a corner near you anywhere in and around Denver. Just remember to use that DNVR20 code to get 20% off.
1: And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and
0: scars! Nathan McKinnon! Colt J T Comfort. 877 goes now! Gabriel Landeskog, Collective hugs! 29 and 92! See me by Grubauer! Move over, Picasso! This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious! <laughs> Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. With over a thousand different varieties of beer for you to try, they have someone, something, even for. Everyone. They have two convenient locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch, and they also have an app which you can get today and sign up for their loyalty program to get great deals on, and you can even get your alcohol delivered. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Haefeli. The Avs just defeated the Detroit Red Wings 2-1 to one to extend a winning streak to seven games in what was, let's be honest, a dirty, greasy, ugly hockey game that they just just managed to get the W in.
1: I don't care that it was two to one. I don't care that it, you know, theoretically should have been nine to one. I don't care that it was ugly. Uh, I don't care that it was almost almost physically painful to sit through (laughs) the Detroit Red Wings being that God awful is proof that karma is a real thing in the world. It is. is it is, It is. it is so intensely satisfying to sit and watch that and and not even care that the abs are the other team on the ice. Just that Detroit is this terrible. I am. I am now the rest of the season. I am now going out of my way to watch as many Detroit games as I can because I have to enjoy this while it is still a
0: thing. Yeah. Teams this bad. I mean, I say this, but the abs were pretty bad a couple of years ago, but Teams aren't this bad for very long. It takes a truly special season to be this bad. The Avs know that as well as anyone.
1: We have to. I have to soak all of this in before they get two or three more top three or four picks and turn into the Eastern Conference version of the Avs that Iserman is inevitably going to build out there. And five years from now, it's going to be Detroit and Colorado in a Stanley Cup final, which will be extremely awesome in a different way. But seeing this and seeing them now, with them being as bad as they are, as I keep accidentally headbutting my microphone, Jesus. (laughs) Seeing how bad they are, it is just so... it's The schadenfreude is so real for me that when people are like, dead rivalry, I'm like, not in my heart. Never. Let let that flame burn forever. as, As the hatred lives. Because... Watching them be that awful is so awesome, and that the Avs basically played a preseason lineup tonight and walked out of there with a victory
0: as Giggletown. Yeah, can we can we talk about that? They're missing yes. two thirds of their top six. Kale McCarr ends up not starting a couple of minutes before the game. Mm-hmm. Even Val Nashushkin who played, was questionable because he took a puck to the hand. And they roll out there and they get goals from Vlad Namaskov, who is playing his third ever game in an Avs jersey, and Logan O'Connor, who scores his second ever NHL goal. Now, there was some nice play behind all that. Landy obviously giving up the body, but when you're rolling out the lineup the Avs just did and you get one secondary assist out of Nathan McKinnon and that's it, and you still manage to win, I don't care if the wings are terrible. You pulled something out there. We'll put it that way. You got the two points.
1: Seriously, I do not care. You are playing like you, you ran through the lineup and Michael Hutchinson playing a third goaltender, playing a his first game in over a month. You've got rust, new system, new team, midseason transition for a goaltender, which is arguably significantly harder than it is for a skater. You had everything today that was going against uh, Colorado in terms of the, the universe. And they just found a way a two, one win. That's how bad Detroit is, is that the, the, the universe yeah. was not about to let up. They were not about to let Detroit have anything good. And how delightful is that? That's a, it's like the most delicious snack that you could ever be given.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm very okay with it. Uh, just to put that in perspective, obviously Detroit is on the sub forty-eight point pace, all that. Mm. Their goal differential is minus one hundred and twenty one now. Pretty good. Uh, that's uh that's you're winning a lot of golf tournaments, we'll put it that way.
1: <laughs> I I'm hoping that they really, really fall apart in the last month of the season and they end up a hundred goals worse than
0: the next worst team. Who uh, is like negative thirty or something? I'd have to look. Negative forty six is Ottawa. So they'd have to get another twenty five. Yeah, like gain on Ottawa to catch up. Mm. Yep. I mean, they could do it. They could do it. They they need to stop playing Bernier, who played really well tonight. He did. Um,
1: they need to stop doing. They need to stop doing that, and they need to have more road games where they are 26 and three. Wow. <laughs> you know, Ottawa only has six wins on the road. So it's not like Ottawa is much better, but Ottawa is at least competitive at at home. Anyway, point being, uh, this Detroit team is god-awful. They were god-awful again tonight. Uh, They got the jump on the Avs again, just like they did in their first matchup. Uh, But then the Avs just turned it on after that and dominated them the rest of the first period. And Vlad Nemestikov scored his first goal as an Av. And hey, I thought he kicked it in. He totally kicked it and then slammed it home with a stick. It was quite emphatic.
0: Yeah, that was, I watched that and I was like, yep, that is how every single Vlad Namesnikov goal has been scored for the past, like, three seasons. Yep. Directly in front of the net, picks out a rebound and just kind of slams it home. <laughs> you know, you and I were looking at his
1: shot chart after they traded for him. Yep. And, like, his goals, all
0: of them come from yeah. right there. Like, he doesn't ever beat a goalie if there's no goalie. Feet. Yeah, exactly. And it's a super weird thing, though, because he scores a ton of goals there. Almost no tip in goals. They're all like rebound cleanup type of things. I'll take it. Not going to yeah. complain on that one. You know, good good work
1: all around on that play, uh, on, the, on that first goal. And, you know, Graves, another shot that, that gets through a goaltender. And Domestikov in the crease, outworks two guys, um, you know outworks to two AHL players that Detroit is giving NHL paychecks, but it counted all the same and they needed that, that that was big for them to outplay the red wings the way that they did and get rewarded for it. Uh, And then, you know, moving on, it it was a really low event game after that. As the last two periods, the abs got outshot 14 to 13.
0: Not, particularly exciting hockey
1: for most of the game to be it honest most definitely was hard to watch uh at least it was fast moving like there weren't a lot of stoppages it
0: it got we got through it quickly i it, mean yes it did go quickly but there were plenty of whistles <laughs> it was just uh it was
1: it was really it was really it was really awful hockey honestly it just was uh, but you know that's that's kind of how the abs are winning right now. They're not doing it with, uh, with with a lot of style. They're doing it with all substance. Yep, it's all and- muck and grind. And and the goal that they scored is a the, the game winning goal that was a perfect example of that. Barbario goes to fetch a puck in the corner, makes a perfect pass, gets rocked. McKinnon finds Landis Landeskog gets killed by uh, Robbie Fabry and makes a perfect stretch pass to Logan O'Connor, who just hopped off the bench. O'Connor streaked in and beat, beat Bernier on a shot that Bernier got like 60% of
0: and trickled on in. And that's, that's curtains. That's a game. That was and it. Some, yep. Yeah, sometimes it's just not your night for Detroit. That's every night, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Very well said, my friend. So the guys are able to take the W out of it. Uh, uh like he, AJ said, there's not a ton to take out of the second half. Very sloppy, very dirty hockey. The Avs just did what they had to do for the most part. Hutchinson only faced 18 shots. Gives up a kind of a softy early with some sketchy defense in front of him as well, to be fair. Then doesn't give up another one. The Avs... It's a nice play by Mantha, too. It was. Kicked, it Kick the puck to the blade and then
1: shoot. The, the, my only problem with the shot wasn't very good.
0: Yeah, I mean, it like, like went underneath him through the five hole as he right. was lying on the ground. And if you're like, if he hadn't been swimming, yeah,
1: if he'd just been like squared up on him, it does not go in, and we don't think anything of it,
0: right? But he managed to lock it down after that. The Avs very, very clearly set a game plan of block as many shots as humanly possible to help him out. Um, it worked. I, I don't think it was particularly amazing or anything, but Hutchinson got the abs of W and that's worth something. I mean, the the Red Wings
1: only had 32 shot attempts at 5v5 and only 22 unblocked shots and just 11 shots on goal at 5v5. Yeah, that's so brutal. 11, like that is, and they had 16 scoring chances. So they did their their fair share of booting opportunities because they missed a number of shots wide that could have absolutely gone in, like that were very yeah. good scoring chances
0: for sure. No argument there. Uh, the only knock really is the abs go zero for four on the PP again looks good looks bad it doesn't really matter as aj tweeted out during the game at a certain point you just got to score a goal
1: yeah um and tonight it was bad tonight tonight was really awful yep so i mean they sam gerard and 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 gabe landiscock at the top of the to at the top of the zone passing pucks back and forth isn't going to go not gonna not gonna score yep. on you're anybody. not creating a ton there <laughs> <laughs> well it's like neither guy feels like they're gonna get a shot through and from what we've seen from sam gerard across three seasons he's right and yep. like gabe landiskog with a one-timer from the blue line i don't know that i've ever seen so why you know great question <laughs> their their best scoring chance was landiskog um early on in their first power play and he had an open net and he had a bouncing puck and he just missed it wide. And that's just kind of it. Like they've got they've created a, a decent chance here and there. They just haven't cashed on any of them. And then they'll have into an entire power play. Like, you know, the they really only had three power play chances because of the one that the worst interference they penalty ever. Yeah. yeah. Uh but the the last one was the one I really had the biggest problem with because it just they didn't create anything. There was no danger, and their best player doesn't want to shoot the puck.
0: Yep. It's, I've many times explained my distaste for not scoring the big power play goal, so I think everybody knows where I stand there, on especially third periods where you're up one. But at the end of the day, the PK, on the other hand, did quite well. Not just Hutchinson, but I thought Tyson Jost particularly looked excellent on the penalty kill tonight. I mean, he was reading plays very well and extremely disruptive. Yeah.
1: I I thought the PK, uh, the PK continues to just be solid. You know, they give up some chances, they give up some shots, but they aren't really high quality and they just get it done, man. I mean, yeah, they're, they're doing they're,
0: what the power play isn't. They're just getting
1: it done. Since since they're switched to a more aggressive style where where the uh forwards aren't just kind of like, like in is, the middle. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, okay, well, I guess we'll block shots if you'll take them. It's much more of a hey, we're gonna force you to move the puck. We're gonna force you to make plays, we're gonna force you to come up with a solution because we're gonna pressure the puck. And there's always, it always leads to somebody being open somewhere. You can't do that and cover everyone. It just, it's inevitable, but you take your chances. I will absolutely take my chances forcing them to make a play. I honestly think that somebody should do it to the abs, uh to, to, to get them out of their funk. That might be just what they need is somebody forcing them to actually try and come up with the play because a patient approach right now is killing that. They're the Colorado power play. Whereas an aggressive approach is, has been a lifeboat for the Colorado penalty kill.
0: So there you go. A bit of a sense of urgency, maybe, but special teams aside, the Avs got the win in this game. So crack a Breck Brew, whether it's to celebrate or to pour one out for Detroit. Either way, Breckinridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. We have the Breckenridge event event calendar on thednvr.com. You can sign up for all of our events that are upcoming. We don't have our next Avs Watch Party planned quite yet, but there is one coming very soon where we We will be drinking Breck Brew. (laughs) Be sure to RSVP because you can win cool stuff and probably get free beer. We usually give out one free beer. Not always, but Breck Beer for free is the best kind of Breck Beer. And if you want to buy some for yourself, you can always go to their website and use the Breck Beer Locator. They'll tell you where to go to buy whatever kind of Breck Brew that you're looking for. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits with Aruto and AJ. The Avs did pick up the win over Detroit. We're going to kind of throw this one into the Nashville game on the second half of the back-to-back over the weekend because the Avs got it done in that game as well, defeating the Predators 3-2, to which was massive. I don't think there were any expectations of the team in that game. It was the second half of a back-to-back just trying to get it done. I mean, my biggest takeaway from that game was Alright, I guess Francos is the starter until someone says otherwise at this point. Yeah. I mean, how, what are you gonna do?
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, honestly, you're gonna take that guy out? At very
0: least, ride him while he's hot, if nothing yeah. else.
1: I mean, it and at this point it would take like two or three I would say probably three mediocre performances in a row for me to pull him out of there. Yep. Like goaltending is what it is in that in such that when, you, when you've got it and it's going on, you get out of the way. Yep. You just get out of the way, dude. You don't get cute with it. You don't, oh, but uh, this guy's paid more and we want it. No, shut up. Did you see what St. Louis did last year? They got out of the way and let success come to them. Obviously a rare example just because Jordan Bennington kind of came out of nowhere. But every year you talk about who's going for the cup. Who's gonna Who's going to uh, compete for it? Goaltending is always right at the top. Absolutely, you don't ever have a team go on a deep run that does not get good goaltending. And right now, if you have Frankie playing this way, you just let him keep playing this way. You know, I whatever whatever my opinion might be on his long term viability as a starter, none of that matters, man. It just does not matter when he's starting for you and he's winning games. Get out of the way. You just let it happen. You don't have any kind of like all-time legend, you know, you don't have any all-time great back there that you have to contend with. You're in a situation where you have two good goaltenders who, you know, unfortunately for Grubauer was playing his best as well before he got hurt. Now, Francoise is playing his best. All right. Well, they've raised each other's levels. You have a great situation here.
0: It doesn't really matter who you put in net. Yeah, it, you got to love it. Yeah. If both goalies are playing well, then it's a win-win. You just keep going. You just, I mean, at some point, it'll start to come back down. You hope that it's slow.
1: You know, like with Gruby last year, you know, his playoff level was a little bit lower than the end of his regular season level. But the end of his regular season level was like a 945 goaltender. Yeah, and then he goes out and he puts up like what a, he had like a 925 or something in the postseason like, like, that. Yeah. like rock solid postseason that made you think. All right, that's our guy. Well, hey, if, if if the same thing is happening this year that happened last year, you just shut up and take it. You yep. don't need to try and force anything. You got a goaltender playing nails for
0: you. You just take it. This is a great situation. Hard to argue with that. Uh, you know. Francois is is doing everything in his power right now, and as long as he continues to do that, uh, the Avs are looking real, real good. We'll put it that way. Um, two questions for you here, AJ. Number one, yeah, is Gabe Landeskog back? We yes. saw him with the the assist getting blown up tonight against Nashville. He scores the first goal of the game from an impossible angle shot. This feels like Landy again. Yeah, I think he's back cool i it, the avs need him pretty desperately at the moment given mckinnon's struggles or whatever you want to call them and then obviously all the injuries yeah, so he has
1: uh he has points in 8 of his last 9 games uh 5 straight uh he's got 9 points in his last 9 games overall yes yeah. he's back he he has not gone more than two games. This might surprise a lot of people. He has not gone more than two games in a row
0: without a point since January 7th. He's very much, at least in the start of February and the end of January, he was very much on the Miko path of playing really poorly, but still finding his way to points. Yeah, there were some games where he was playing
1: poorly. And, like, de- we definitely talked about it, but, like, this is the guy that very quietly with Nathan McKinnon kind of in his own weird struggle right now, getting it done. Yeah. Like Gabe Landis-Cock has stepped up in a big way, and they needed it. You know, it's 12 points in 15 games in February is not, oh, my God. You know, Andre Burakovsky outdid that by quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> But it's you need you need a. It doesn't really matter what who like who's on your top line, as long as your top line continues to produce like a top line. And the entire month of February, with Burakovsky getting you know uh, uh, producing and then getting hurt and ranted and becoming ranted in again, and then getting hurt. <laughs> Landeskog, McKinnon struggling, all of these guys are still right in the neighborhood of point per game months. Their, their their top line was very fluid in who played on it, but it continued to produce as a top line. Not an elite top line, mind you. Not like whatever is going on in Edmonton right now. Not like yeah. that. Not to that insane level where Dreisaitl is hardcore running away with the Hart Trophy. But certainly like a top NHL line where they're giving you just about a goal every night. And I mean, when you're going to get that kind of consistency that you're getting a goal a night from a line, you're off to a
0: very good start. I mean, how many teams can really rely on that? Yeah, exactly that. The abs are continually finding people that are stepping up, whether it be Landis Gog on the top line, whether it be a depth player like Logan O'Connor scoring tonight or, or whatever they have it's been. They've found a way like. The, the crazy part is, man, is
1: we could look at this schedule and I probably should have prepared some before heading down this road uh, in terms of conversation. <laughs> but look at game winning goals last uh, tonight. Logan O'Connor. Yep. And then in Nashville. Technically, EJ's empty netter. Exactly. I mean, technically, doesn't does not matter. It's EJ's empty netter. Yep. So and then you get Sam Gerrard in carolina after a two-goal night from tyson jost yeah you know who gets your game winner in buffalo against buffalo was it confer who had the third goal
0: yes i believe no maybe not i don't know we can look real quick i'm yeah, pulling it up it's Comfer. it was confer
1: yeah okay. confer with the third goal who, oh that's right yeah don don with the shootout winner against la yep confer from Cout with the with the only goal in anaheim against the ducks yep like are we seeing the theme emerge here? Whole lot of like, depth and different things going on. Yeah. This is not Nathan McKinnon and Gabe Landeskog. burakovsky got the game winner uh against the Islanders.
0: Yep. And, that was the last like top line game winner. Right.
1: And that was the first game of this winning streak. So you know, like you're seeing contributions from the entire lineup. And even with McKinnon, you know, I think tonight I think he picked up like some super cheap second assist, yeah, they dropped uh, it to Landy so Landy could get blown yeah, up that was that yeah, <laughs> so not cheap. it was a better it's a it was a good play it was a it was a legit one, not like the uh second assist they gave to Mesnikov the other day, which happy he got it, but it was like a cheapie, yeah for
0: sure. um
1: anyway um i I just think that uh this is this is a lineup that is contributing up and down and up and down and that Nashville game could not have been more encouraging. That is a desperate team that absolutely had to have the points and they went in there and they just took them you yeah, know it, I mean they just took them just hey, we're not having this and they got a little lucky. What do you think of the goaltender interference first of all?
0: it's so close man on on multiple multiple rewatches i think there's probably contact there even if z doesn't just blow him up so i'm okay with the call but it's total borderline like i it could have gone either way and had i said this in my video if there was like a magic barrier that prevented any contact with francois there's no way he saves that puck he never saw it yeah Sometimes you get lucky. So take it. Yeah, I think.
1: I think that what hurt Blackwood is that he didn't make any attempt to stop. Right. He like, he's and, full bore going at the net. One that like when you're when you're watching that ice level live and you're watching that and you see Z has his back to him completely.
0: Oh, yeah. My first watch, I was immediately like, that's an easy goaltender interference call. It was only after multiple rewatches that I was like, boy, that's actually pretty close. It is. It's close. And I because my my initial impression
1: was the same. I was like, that's the easiest goalie interference that you'll ever call. The dude just the dude just backs into or the guy just plows into him and Z is backing up, has no idea that he's there. Right. Like he's just backing up. And you can't really make an argument that like Z like pushes the guy into him because he does it with his butt. And I don't think he does it. I don't necessarily think he does it intentionally. I don't, you know, we, we don't, we can't say that with confidence that he does that on purpose. If he's turned around facing him and he's shoving him into his goaltender, that's pretty obviously his intent. Right. But as a guy that's not looking and he's backing up and he's watching the puck, You don't know that he's doing any of this intentionally. And so you're just like, okay, this is just sort of rando contact. The timing is where I think it got kind of interesting because it looked like whatever contact existed happened just as the puck was. Sailing by Franco's to the far post. (laughs) Right. Which, which, which really means in the split second that these games are actually played you know on on ice level in in real time you're talking about the whole thing takes a second and a half maybe yeah. and i see why it was interference i i thought after once you once you go through like slow mo replay i think there's a there's a there's a case to be made that it's it's an iffy call but when you consider that zadorov has his back turned to the guy you and you're you're talking about where the official is seeing this from the corner in real time it looks very much like like goaltender interference it the very part, much does uh,
0: yeah the part that i'd be extremely cheesed off if i was Nashville about is that they got a penalty out of it
1: <laughs> like that's a, that's that's the back to the timing though because he the the official is saying you know the official is saying that this interference happened before the shot on goal so there's no it like yeah it's no goal anyway but this guy was interfering with the goalie regardless of what was happening with the puck. Uh, so that's that's where he's just saying the timing of it. I, I don't know that, that I don't know that the official saw the puck either and until it was like in the net and he was like well I was calling a penalty so that's no goal obviously guys. So I I don't know. I I would agree with you that the penalty I was pretty surprised about.
0: We almost we almost never see that. It's waved off and everybody moves on. Right. It it very rarely gets called, although it did happen to the abs earlier in the year. So I I don't know. Rules are dumb and stupid. That's what I have to say about that. Uh, You know what else can be dumb and stupid sometimes is taxes. They can be very confusing, but Symbio Tax is here to help get the most out of your 2019 tax return. Symbio provides its clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional, or you may know him as George, a diehard DNVR subscriber who supports us extremely well, usually shows up to the abs watch parties and all that. He's an awesome dude, so if you need help with your taxes, be sure to give George. Symbio symbiotax a call today you can get a free consultation at 720-366-4470 or visit them online at symbiotax.com that's s-y-m-b-i-o-tax.com third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by davidson's nathan rudolph aj Hayfley. Mm-hmm. the abs have won seven straight and the one defining factor in all those games martin kaut Since his call-up, the Abs have not lost. Yes, you can blame me if they lose their next game. I will accept that jinx, but it is a fact at the moment. AJ, can he find a way to fit on this roster? We've talked about it a little bit. He's continued to play extremely well. It's just so hard for me to send him down right now. The problem isn't count. Indeed, it's a numbers thing.
1: The problem is that all of a sudden, two weeks ago, this would have been a super easy conversation. Yeah. Sitting you know, Tyson Jost was super easy two weeks ago. <laughs> having Not having Vlad Namastikov and sitting Tyson Jost were like, they were just layups in terms of roster decisions. And now all of a sudden, you have Tyson Jost playing with his hair on fire, producing points. He drew two penalties tonight. He negated one of them by standing in the same exact place for, I went back and checked, six full seconds, and then getting run into and called for interference. I don't know what that's about, but cool. Anyway, gets called for interference, uh, but draws two penalties, doesn't score, but is again noticeable in a very positive way. Coming off of maybe the best week that he's ever had in the NHL in terms of consistent game to game making an impact. I mean Tyson it, Jost looks great
0: right now. One hundred percent. He's also finding that role on the PK. It's he's a valuable contributing member to the Avalanche society at this point. You and, you know,
1: honest question. Yeah. If this Tyson Jost had shown up the month before the trade deadline, is Namastakov in Colorado today?
0: <laughs> how conspiracy theory do you want me to get with this? Because if Tyson Jost is playing like that the month before, he's probably worth a whole lot more on the market too. I mean, if he's playing like that, why would you bother moving him? Well, <laughs> it depends on what you're looking for, I guess. But right. If they decide to hold on to Jost because he's playing very well, Nemesnikov does start to feel like a bit excessive. Now, Obviously, with all the injuries piling up, he's he's fitting in and finding a role. Hell, he was playing on the first line for some of tonight. But it's just such a tight area all of a sudden because of Jost playing well and the addition of Mestnikov. And then... Kout also playing extremely well down there. Logan O'Connor scored a goal tonight. We're like there's just too many guys playing too well in the depth right now.
1: And to be honest, like goal and all is great, but like Logan O'Connor has looked legitimately solid since coming back up. I've really, of all the times Logan O'Connor is kind of moonlighted and like you know he's he's been up with the abs for a game or two here or there, been up for a small stretch been at a practice or two, whatever. This is easily his best call up in my eyes. This is the one where I'm starting to think this guy might be an NHL player.
0: There's he's always had the skating speed and the, the yeah. go real fast and try hard at everything. Right. But it's, he's starting to figure out the NHL structure a little bit more, I think. And if he can get all the way there consistently. Yeah. I, I think he could probably could be an NHL really hard for me to see room on the abs for him to be an everyday type of guy though. Totally. But just, just even
1: trying to add to the, the problem that is this numbers game on the abs right now is that uh, if, if you keep count, you want to, you want to play him in a bigger role.
0: Yeah. Like third line ish, 12 minutes, whatever you want to call it.
1: Right. If you're going to keep count and you're going to play him in a fourth line role, my argument, what I'm when the point that I'm getting at here is that O'Connor has shown well enough in that role that for contract reasons, you could just keep O'Connor, get something similar in terms of play because it's just not going to be out there very often. And the bonus is, is that you keep the ELC. Right. The extra year. Yeah. So it's it's, you know, a way to kind of work around the fringes here. Because if you're going to keep Kaut, for me, if you keep Kaut, you keep him. You do the thing. Yeah, don't go halfway on it. Commit. Right. You keep him. You, you commit to playing him as long as he continues to play well. And then you have to start having a hard conversation with a guy like Jonas Donskoy, who has not played very well. I, ironically, I thought he played quite well tonight, uh, especially <laughs> early against Detroit. I, I really did like his game. Early in the game, especially, I thought he was really moving well. And he looked a lot more like the early season Donskoy, not the lacking confidence, really struggling with the puck and making really, really questionable choices. Donskoy that we've seen since, really, since early January.
0: Since the concussion, basically.
1: Yeah. And, like, you hate to come down on a guy for a circumstance like that. But the reality is here, I mean, this is a team that's going for a cup, man. Like so, they're, they're going for a cup. There's going to have to be some brutal choices made on the roster. And to be honest, like cutting out count right now, just because he's the young guy
0: almost feels like a cop out. You're if you're cutting out count, you're not icing the best team available, available to you right now. You're just not
1: you arguably very true. You and I were kind of looking at what we, we think the roster could look like to try and get an idea of the numbers game. And right now, like, if you were to keep count, you're cutting a guy who's been a regular for you. You're healthy scratching a guy who's been a regular for you all season. It's unavoidable. Yep. You know, with the addition of Nemesnikov, it means that, you know, maybe a guy like Belmar, maybe a guy like Donskoy, if his play levels off again, like we've seen it do multiple times this year, maybe a guy like Comfer, obviously a guy like Jost, who has to continue to, to play at this level otherwise he's going to make it really easy to 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 make the argument to take him that he's the the odd man out. So well, this is this is the reality of keeping Martin Kout. Yeah, a regular I, is going to have
0: to sit. Let's start with the easiest part. Kamenev is sitting. That's just a given at this point. He'll sit he's long before anyway. Right. The cout will be in the lineup and it's easy to sit Cam for whoever comes back first. Right. Um after that is where it gets interesting. The most logical person, look, the Don's going conversation is, and comfort conversation is one that can be there, but given their contracts, I think it's going to take a lot for the organization to be willing to bench them, especially for a longer period of time. And that's where things quickly start to shift to Matt Nieto. Because, he just has not produced that well. Yeah, sure, he's solid on the defensive side. He can PK and all that. But Cout has been extremely solid so far as well and has outproduced Matt Nieto in six games that he's had compared to Nieto's whole month of February. Yep. So that's the two easier ones for me. The problem is you have to cut another guy at that point. Well, not cut, but sit another right. guy. And that's where you get into... Is it Comfort? Is it Donskoy? Is Belmar more realistic because he's on a cheaper and shorter deal? As far as roles getting filled as well, I don't know how much they're willing to trust Kaut, which clearly they've been willing to throw Donskoy and Comfort into the top six when necessary. It's tough. It's tough. And you can't sit Jost right now. You just can't unless he good. drops off again. Yeah. If this, if this is the joke that they continue
1: to get, I mean, that's where I think you start having the Belmar
0: conversation. You, yeah, it, it's a hard conversation to have, but the app yeah, set themselves up for some of these conversations by adding all of these pieces. So right. decisions are going to have to be made.
1: Right. And like the, the one feather in his cap. Right now, in Belmar's cap, would be face offs. Yep. That would be the one thing where they look at and they say, Look, he's at 52%. Tyson Jost's at like 30% or whatever god awful the number is, right? Like, it's not good. Yeah. It's very, very low. And that's where you're like, Okay, well, we're not giving that up. Are you willing right. to take the positive steps forward? That Joost is making right now, and again this is making the obvious large assumption here that this continues for the next week I mean let's just do the next week because the cal conversation is what well, tonight was what game seven yes and so they've got two more games to until they have to make this they have to make this call the injuries aren't going to be better by then they're going to have to go with the hot hand uh, way of looking at this. That's, that's the only way that it's going to make sense. And yeah. I just, I think, I think worst case scenario is they keep him. He plays 11 games, guys get healthy. Then they send him down. Right. That's just the worst use of assets possible. Right. And like, again, like I don't, I, I, you're going to make the post season. I know that you're fighting for first place but I don't know that Martin Cout is the difference in those two extra games. I don't know that he's, I should say enough of the difference in those two extra games.
0: Yeah. They, that, I mean, If you, if you knew that, then you'd be setting the Av's lineup every night. So, right.
1: But I, I, I just, I don't know that he's enough of the difference in those two extra games to justify all of the ramifications. Like at some point, you know, if a guy's just playing so well, you just have to keep him. And you're just like, screw all this. This contract stuff. Who can, shut up? Deal with that when We'll deal with that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, if a guy's playing that well, then fine. The problem is, is that Cout has played well. He's looked very good. He's looked like he belongs. He's not been so good that they have to keep him. And the reality of the numbers game is just, it's
0: just not in his favor. It isn't. They've also been extremely tentative about using him on the penalty kill, which I think hurts him.
1: Well, and and I think that's okay.
0: Oh yeah. in like, the long term perfectly like, fine.
1: You're talking you're talking about the I mean that penalty kill right now has more bodies than it knows what to do with. They went and got Vlad Nemestikov and Vlad Nemestikov's out there for like thirty seconds.
0: Right, but and that's it's just part of the numbers game right what can you do for me oh well they're all relatively even but Cout doesn't play pk minutes you can see him falling out of the lineup because of that
1: right it's um and 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 the fact that like let's be honest this the guy has seven NHL games under his belt
0: that's not gonna work in his favor could wake up tomorrow and, and play a terrible game and this conversation is moot so right he could hit that rookie wall immediately
1: Yep. And the last two games that he plays go awful. And you're just like, well, it was a fun conversation it yeah. while it lasted.
0: Yeah. The the one thing I would argue in his favor when it comes to that Belmar conversation, Kadri's coming back eventually. Mm-hmm. You know they love putting him out specifically for just face-offs. Yeah. And I don't have the actual numbers in front of me, uh, but by the eye test – they have leaned heavily on JT Comfort to take a lot of important defensive zone faceoffs as well. So maybe Belmar's faceoffs aren't quite as important. Yeah, and JT's at 48% this year. Right. I, I know the winning percentage isn't great, but the ABS seem to want to put him in anyway.
1: What I, when I say that, it's that the percentage, I mean, 48 to 52 is not an enormous drop-off. Sure. Within the 52 to whatever Jost is in the 30s is a a huge difference. That's true. (laughs) Like you're going from a true coin flip at 52%. You're talking about a coin flip. 48% you're talking about a coin flip at 30 something percent. I should just look this up at 30 something percent. It's not a coin flip. You're expecting to lose. Yeah,
0: I think it's 34%. It is 34.1. Well, I'm not counting tonight. Right, right. right. The stats haven't been updated because NHL.com. Yeah, either way, uh, just the fact that this is a conversation for Coward is extremely encouraging. That there's a possibility he sticks on this roster. And and not
1: as a not as like a feel-good story either. Like as a, this dude has forced his way into the conversation, has played his way into this, and to a lesser extent, the same thing's happening with Logan O'Connor. Honestly, like these are, these are younger guys who have been down with the Eagles developing and baronating exactly the way that you want your AHL team to operate. And for right now, man, it looks good. The returns, the returns are incur are more encouraging than we have seen coming out of the
0: AHL team in a long time. Definitely are. And that's exciting. Um, maybe it, it's probably pretty soon we should do another prospect pod. I suppose it's probably getting to be about that time again. Yeah.
1: But well, given given that Alex Newhook scores literally every game and Bowen Byron yeah. just one prospect of the month, this might honestly be
0: tomorrow's conversation. It, it probably is, honestly. It, I'll I have a prospect portfolio coming out probably Wednesday, maybe tomorrow, either way as well. So yeah, I guess that's uh, spoilers for what's coming up this week. Other than that, AJ, final thoughts on a seven-game winning streak here? I mean,
1: seven-game winning streak, franchise record, nine-game uh winning streak. Five different goalies have won games this year. This is just incredible. This is an incredible run. I hope Habs fans are having some fun. Uh, they are getting a little bit lucky along the way, but that's okay. You don't
0: apologize for good luck. You just put it in your pocket and move on. I... Love that saying. You don't apologize for good luck. That's going to do it for our show here. Thank you, as always, for listening. You all know the drill by now. We will be back again tomorrow. We believe Piper is
1: the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years, Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have... Refer people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really they have become a one-stop
0: shop for all of our needs.
1: If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303 646 5 or go to piperelectric.com the empty avalanche with hafully and rudo the emptyr avalanche with hafullyly